0: Thresholds Radio, with your host John Stevenson. Reporting a
1: UFO
0: activity.
1: And there in the darkness, on things. the ground, Ghosts. knocking on the walls. Something Shadow. crawling. The ghost forces. The obvious is a Why? Why? Oh my God! There is this phenomenon. What's the evidence? A formation forming.
0: You're listening to Thresholds Radio. We have a brand new show tonight with Tom Cameron. Also, we'll be talking with Mike Clean. That and so much more on Thresholds Radio.
2: TheEdgeOnAir.com wants to invite you to be abducted. Tune in Friday night starting at 10 p.m. for Thresholds Radio. Host John Stevenson is your guide through the realm of the paranormal with an hour-long radio show sure to give you the heebie-jeebies. Check out UFO-Info.com to learn more. It's Thresholds Radio every Friday night at 10 p.m. on the EdgeOnAir.com.
0: Welcome back. With us right now is Tom Cameron. Uh, he's not exactly a newbie to the paranormal field. He's been involved in it quite a while, and he is setting up a new paranormal conference in Palos Park, Illinois, called the Palos Park Paranormal Conference. Quite an original name. How you doing there, Tom? <laughs> I'm doing
3: real well, John. And yourself?
0: Uh, not too bad. Uh, do you want to tell everyone about your uh, upcoming conference? It's, what, October 6th and 7th, I believe, wasn't it?
3: Correct. It's the first weekend in October. Uh, we're having a wide variety of uh, people coming up. We've got people that are uh, going to be coming out doing, uh, doing readings. We've got people that are going to be coming out doing uh, mass hypnosis, uh, past life regressions. I, uh, I've got people that are going to be doing lectures on on Reiki. Uh, I uh, have uh, an author, somebody you might know, a guy by the name of Mike Clean. Yeah, uh... yeah he, he's no
0: good. You don't want him on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so regular listeners be... of the show know I'm kidding, too, by the way. i got to make sure people understand that. Oh, okay.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> But Mike is going to be uh, doing uh, a lecture, and he's going to be uh, talking about some of the books that he's published on uh, haunted Chicago area sites. I'm going to be doing uh, a lecture on um, martial arts and chi and the power of the mind. I've got a gentleman coming out who runs the Naperville Ghost Tours, and then we have a special event on top of that where. You get to come out, and uh, after the Paranormal Conference on the 6th, uh, on Saturday night, you get to go to a banquet with a number of the celebrities, and then you can either go on a, an actual ghost hunt with Ed Shanahan to the Senator Humphrey house, or you can go on the uh, Richard Crow ghost tour. Now, if, as most of your audience, I'm sure, knows, Rich passed away in April, but his family is still operating the tour, so... Uh, you have uh, an opportunity to go either on the ghost tour or on a ghost hunt and have banquet with all of these celebrities as well as a full
0: pass to both days of the, uh, of the conference. Well, that sounds pretty good. Is this the first conference you've done or you've, have you done these before?
3: This is the first conference that I've actually hosted. And this is actually a fundraiser for the recreation department. We've got a, uh, we've got a new director out there and we, we're going to be taking uh, things in a little bit different direction and trying to be more, uh, more community involved and more community friendly, and so this is uh, this is part of the effort of uh, of making a a broader based kind of appeal to the public and in, in the area.
0: It sounds like it's going to be an interesting time, actually. And like I said in the intro too, you're not exactly a beginner in the paranormal. You've uh, kind of been uh, involved with it for a while, haven't you?
3: Oh, I've been involved in the paranormal as, as long as I can remember. I actually grew up in a haunted house. Um, it, I grew up um, in the city of Chicago on the far southeast side in, in the South Shore area, a couple blocks from Rainbow Beach. And the house that I grew up in at one time had been used as the uh, mortuary for one of the local churches. Um, so there were all kinds of weird things that happened in the house. So I, I kind of learned to protect myself against n- negative happenings that were taking place in the house. And I moved, I, we moved there when I was 20, excuse me, when I was, uh, two and we moved out when I was 22, but we moved only a couple doors away. And within six months of us moving out, three people died in my bedroom and the house burned to the ground. Huh there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, so whatever I was doing seemed to be forestalling, what whatever the forces were. And as soon as, as soon as I was no longer a blockade, it got, it, it got its chance to run, to run its course. So
0: well, this entire area, I mean, we're both from C- the Chicago area and, uh, it's a hotbed for paranormal activity out here.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I did trans channeling. In fact, um, uh, one of the uh, area psychics, uh, a young man by the name of Chris Fleming, who used to have a TV show called Dead Famous, I did some trans-channeling uh, when they were searching for Nat King Cole over at uh, over at his high school over in Brownsville. Uh, we were doing trans-channeling down there to see if we could get hold of him. and We got hold of a bunch of other other spirits that were in the school, but we never got hold of Nat King Cole there. So,
0: Well, you never know who you're going to reach either. and I, I was talking to you off air, you know I'm going to be looking for Herman Mudgett in just a little while, and I'm a little concerned I might find him.
3: (laughs) That's not exactly the guy I'd want to find in a dark, dank basement.
0: Um, Yeah, that's exactly where we're going to be looking for him, too. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Of course, course, as you run up the stairs and run out into that neighborhood, that's not not that much safer.
0: No, it's a a scary area there. Actually, this whole thing coming up is pretty exciting, but... uh, I'm I'm a little nervous about this too. Of course, it's a Chicago thing, and so you know how Chicago is. Your chances of finding something paranormal are pretty high.
3: Oh, absolutely! I mean, Chicago is just just an incredible hotbed of all different kinds of paranormal phenomena—ghosts and flying saucers and and uh, different kinds of paranormal phenomena. And uh, you know, but I mean, Chicago has been the site of so many incredible tragedies. I mean, it, it, not just three or four people, or hundreds at a time, like the Iroquois Theater Fire and the Eastland tragedy and, you know, just
0: hundreds of people dying
3: at, at one fell swoop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Eastland disaster, was, that, was, that was terrible. That was, that's one you hear about the most. Some of the other ones you don't hear about, but the Eastland, everyone seems to know about that one.
3: Well, I actually had a—it's kind of funny. I had a great-uncle that that passed away in the Eastland tragedy, and he was here from Hungary. And he ended up getting buried in Resurrection Cemetery in a temporary grave under an assumed name, because they wouldn't take Hungarians. They would only take Polish. Huh. So he ended up getting buried under an assumed name, and we don't even know where he's at anymore because it was a temporary plot. Because he was the only one here, so he's he's under one of those headstones, but we no idea which one because he got had somebody buried over the top of him.
0: Oh, there you're. You're never gonna find out. Oh no, no, those records are gone. Of course, I guess if you if you ever watch the news, we're kind of notorious in the Chicago land area for burying people on top of one another. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I guess at one time that that was actually allowed. I mean, that was the the boarding house that he was living at. They provided the five dollars or whatever it is for the temporary plot, thinking that the rest of his family was going to come over after him and you know take care of it. And they never did. So, oh well, you know, time for the rental to be uh, to go back into effect again
0: there you go so uh what uh you're a pretty well i think you said you're born and raised chicago aren't you you're yep, absolutely so what are your favorite haunts out here tom what uh what stories or what things do you like best about the chicago area
3: oh i my favorite uh story i think is is probably one of the least known is the 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 street of real curse i just I love the idea that Anton Levey was born underneath the where the John Hancock Building is now. Hmm. That that just you know that's just so creepy, and that now this very very expensive place that's had all kinds of tragedy when when the thing was being built, and when they were filming what was it, Poltergeist two or three?
2: Uh-huh. That they
3: were filming there that so many of the stars passed away. That now they've got the migration of spiders going up one side of the building and down the other uh, seasonally. It's like oh, do I? Yeah, I didn't
0: even know about that. That's creepy.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Twice a year they have a migration of spiders up one side of the building and down the other. Wow. And and if you go to the uh, to the restaurant up on the ninety fifth floor, mm-hmm. they've got the double pane glass. There are literally thousands of spiders between the double pane glass that get trapped there in their migration. Oh, you're kidding.
0: Oh no. It's 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 very disconcerting if you're arachnophobic. Oh, even if you're not, that's just downright creepy. <laughs> <laughs> See?
3: See I told you. One of my favorite places is the one most people have never even heard of. Yeah, yeah I've
0: never heard of that. I've been I've lived out here my entire life.
3: I, I'm I'm sure it's probably not one of the things that the John Hancock building wants widely publicized publicizes. they're trying to sell their million dollar condos.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's probably not the best to uh, try to get people to rent a place or buy a place when you mention the spiders. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I I would think not. Uh, I I would think that
0: that would be on the the don't-buy list. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, what's your most uh, memorable paranormal experience you've had in your life, whether it be a kid or, you know, adult or whatever? What's the one that's the strongest for you?
3: Oh, um probably when I was, it might've been my first one. Uh, I remember as, as a little kid uh, being in my bedroom and seeing a pair of hands in shadow on my door. And then they turned three dimensional and came after me. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like, okay, I know this isn't supposed to be happening. And I screamed and woke up the, the entire building and, you know, my, my mom was of the, uh, of the nature that, uh, if it wasn't breakable and she couldn't smoke it, it didn't exist,
0: um,
3: <laughs> you know, uh, so that was, she was hearing none of that. There's no reason for you to be afraid of the dark. Don't be ridiculous. Nothing, you know, and I kept trying to tell her, it's like, no, there's, there's something else going on here. Um. My dad was was much more open to uh, psychic phenomena um and one night when I couldn't stand being in my bedroom anymore I was sleeping on the front couch he actually watched one of those old spire wall clocks that have all the various points on it come off of the wall turn 90 degrees and drop straight across my face oh okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, okay uh, and somehow some, one of my, and I'm assuming it was one of my spirit guides at the same time was screaming for me to put my hands up. So in, you know, as I'm sound asleep, I put my hands up and all of a sudden this, this sharp metal clock is breaking apart in my hands. And it's like, what's going on? Cause I was sound asleep. Oh, that's creepy. And that hap- How
0: old were you when that happened?
3: I was about 14 or 15. So I was right in the middle of uh, of the height of what most people would expect poltergeist activity to be using so
0: exactly so have you experienced things i mean i've i've had stuff on and off my entire life since i was a kid and i think we were talking off air you've kind of had those kind of experiences too oh absolutely a- absolutely
3: uh, well uh, as i had said um, off air you know i've i've done um professional card reading and i've done uh, professional trans channeling and and a wide variety of things. My my primary occupation is, I'm a martial arts instructor. But I even that, I, I deal with the more esoteric and arcane aspects of it, where uh, I actually throw energy to knock people down or knock people out or cause all kinds of physiological problems uh, with them using the same pressure points that an acupuncturist uses. I, when when I did my stint on Ripley's Believe It or Not about 15 years ago now. They nicknamed me the human stun gun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the the uh, uh, it, it was kind of funny because the the producer of the segment flew us out to um, uh, flew us out to one of the Ripley's believe it or not aquariums out in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And uh, as he's got uh, half a dozen of my students out there, and he's got me out there. Then he's asking, well, is this stuff real? I'm like, you've already paid for our airfare and hotel. You'd better hope to God that it's real. He's like, well, but what does it feel like? And I have no way of describing this. So I, I tapped him, and when we woke him back up, <laughs> uh, he's like, that was like getting hit with a stun gun. I know, we're going to call you the... You know, and he got all excited. And <laughs> it was it was funny. They uh, They hired a they hired a strong man uh, an actual circus strong man to come out and do the segment with us um you know and he he drove the nail through the board with his hand then he tore the telephone book in half and you know busted the chains across his chest and all the rest of this kind of stuff and they said well can you knock him out i'm like well i can do my bit and i tapped him and he went down so fast they couldn't even use it in the segment they just used it as part of the bumper because there wasn't enough
0: segment there to use. So you're saying you got that spock death grip thing down right you just touch somebody and knock them out That's that's actually one of the one of the spots yeah uh
3: the the other one is the um the karate kid that crane thing Mhm uh that's that using it quite a different way that's actually another one of our uh, our knockouts that we use
0: I know you were telling me uh off air about uh, they were actually reading energy from you or something you want to talk about that one again that was kind of interesting Oh sure
3: um, some, um, I went down to a conference down in North Carolina with a researcher that some of your, uh, some of your listeners may be familiar with a guy by the name of Joshua P. Warren. Um, and we were, we were doing a demonstration of the, uh, of the different aspects of, the types of martial arts that I do. And in one instance, I touched one of my students and knocked him out. Another one, I did a touch less knockout. So he was like five, six feet away from me. And a third one, I did uh, a sound knockout. And when I did the touchless and the sound one, they, the readings that they got off of me were uh, higher. They said than uh, an MRI machine puts out. It was it was a very brief burst, but not only was there an EMF pulse uh, that went with it, which also explains why I tend to burn out cell phones and things like that. <laughs> Uh, that's good, but,
0: to, good to know <laughs>
3: oh yeah oh absolutely. that's why we're using a landline for this show
0: <laughs> that's also when I see you on October 6th and seventh I'm leaving my cell phone in the car
3: <laughs> yes oh absolutely I mean it, that's that's a really that's a really wise idea to do uh, when when I finish with this i'll I'll, okay. I'll give you another story that people just love um, but they they were reading uh, not only EMF but they were reading uh,
0: infrared they were reading um, uh well, you were saying gamma, right? The incredible yeah, Hulk the, stuff. Was, the,
3: a microwave was the other one, and, but the one that they didn't expect was the gamma radiation that came out. And it's like, okay. Uh, do, I do, don't know do how people the hell that happened.
0: I say, do people not like you when you're angry? <laughs> they, they, do, they, they do not like me when I'm angry
3: or, or when I'm really, really uh, happy or really scared. Uh, my One of my daughters uh, has this, um, has inherited. Uh, well, actually, both of my daughters have inherited this energy. Uh, one of them has a little bit more control over it than the other. Uh, my my one, one time was very, very upset with her boyfriend, and when she got upset with her boyfriend, she used to clean or do something around the house to work the energy off. So she was ironing her clothes, and she has a large steam iron that she uses. Uh, and her mother came in, and she's like, you must be really, really honked off at it, at your boyfriend. She's like, I am, because she had a huge stack of clothes that she'd already finished ironing. And she's like, well, how long have you been ironing? She's like, almost two hours. Her mom picked up the cord and said, would you like to plug it in now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, had, she had literally been operating the iron just on just on her own energy and the steam was coming out so we know the iron was functioning
0: wow Uh, but she had never plugged the iron oh there you go that's energy saving
3: yeah oh absolutely i mean when when we've had power outages her computer has literally lasted three and a half four hours uh, without
0: a battery backup okay that's useful in today's energy (laughs) prices here (laughs)
3: yes oh absolutely but but there's the downside to it too she's also burned out every solenoid in her car from, uh, when she gets upset at somebody out
0: on the road oh nice so it's a family thing so i'm not <laughs> let, i'm not letting you near my phone or my car <laughs> or your car yes that's yeah that's not a good idea i
3: once i had a student that was that was driving me home and he thought he was going to be really cute and 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 scare the grandmaster. so all of a sudden he does a really fast donut in the parking lot and it was very icy and I grabbed hold of the I grabbed hold of the dashboard and he's laughing and giggling. He's like, Ah, oh, I scared you. I said, I, I I think I hurt your car. The car <laughs> didn't run for six months. It it I burned out every computer component in the car. Oh, that's great. Not not really, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I felt it move, and it's like, uh, something happened. I had no control over this energy, but
0: something happened. Are you one of those people that can affect streetlights, too? Oh, I, all the time. I, what, oh, what's that oh, called? There's the the a, I don't remember the name. There's a certain name for that. People can walk down the street, and the lights turn out as they walk by or something. Uh. And Yes, and the other thing that
3: I, I found that seems to be associated with that is electric doors have trouble seeing me. Oh, Really? you know i walk up to electric doors and i'm waiting for them to open and they don't and and now it's become even more of an issue because now they have electric toilets the <laughs> yes, the electric toilets won't function it's like oh come on <laughs>
0: that's kind of weird your your electric field must ne- be neutral or something to the other one and it just they cut each other out and it doesn't see you
3: yes yeah i'm, I'm somehow i'm i'm rendering them uh, or the the field that i generate must be rendering
0: me invisible to them that's interesting. So uh you you're no newbie to the paranormal then.
3: Oh no, not at all. So uh, in fact a number of years ago I taught uh um, taught a course over at Moraine Valley College that they they used to call the psychic speaks and we it, we would have a different paranormal topic every weekend we or um every week that we were there. One week would be reincarnation, one week would be uh, tarot reading or different types of scrying one week would be trans channeling, and uh, you know, we 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 covered a, a wide range of topics uh, in the classes. But at, at one point, the, the college got so much flack from the, the local conservative churches, they actually asked me, Let's not teach this class anymore. I mean, okay, well, whatever. Hmm. Um, so uh, unfortunately, sometimes the uh, the community <laughs> there there may not be burning of witches at the at the stake anymore, but there there is still uh, a lot of power that a disgruntled community can can generate yeah. towards organizations. Exactly. That well,
0: a matter them. of fact, I don't know. Just today, uh, I don't know. Uh, you're one of my friends on Facebook, but I posted an article that says eBay is going to uh, ban any paranormal-related item being sold on there in the near future.
3: I, I saw that. I, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but it's. <laughs> you would think with the popularity of television shows, anywhere from Ancient Aliens all the way on up to uh, the different paranormal witnesses, and I saw that and all the rest of that. You would think that that would be a a booming part of the economy for
0: them, rather than the place that they want to. Yeah. Exactly. i was actually surprised to see that because uh the paranormal is hot right now you know the crowds come and go people like you and me are interested in it regardless but i mean it's the hot item you know that all the people are interested in right now and uh, for them not to be able to you know you can't sell anything on there that's just nuts
3: right right oh absolutely you know and when when you talk about you know something being hot or or whatever yeah i mean it's it's the the fat of the the fat of this year or next year or what have you i said but i got into it because when uh, other paranormal researchers you can research ufos you can research cryptids and bigfoot and and what have you and and you go out in the woods and you look and then you come home and you go into your bed and you go to sleep Uh, unfortunately when i go into my bed and I go to sleep. My weirdness comes with me, you know. <laughs> I I don't get rid of the energy. It, it's it's there right next to me. So um, exactly, you know. So that's that's why I continue doing the Is I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with me. It's it's a it's a personal uh, uh, not a not a vendetta. It's a personal quest. There we go. That's, that's the word
0: for it. I mean, and to me, I mean, I've been around this my whole life, too, and it doesn't scare me in any way, shape, or form. I'm used to it. I grew up around it. It's actually, where I'm living now, I'm constantly seeing, I guess you would want to call them shadow people. I'm constantly seeing things moving out of the corner of my eye that aren't there. It doesn't scare me. It's it's a bit disconcerting because I'm seeing them so much, but inside, outside, it doesn't matter. I'm constantly seeing things standing next to me and walking by me. It's so <laughs> uh, well
3: I, I understand that I mean uh, as we've talked before as many people have talked before that uh, a lot of this stuff tends to uh, go down through generations I've I've got a granddaughter now uh, actually I've, I've got a granddaughter and a grandson and I've got a grandson on the way from my other daughter but my my granddaughter who is now five-ish she'll be coloring at our uh, at our Coffee table in the front room, and both she and my dog will stop, will turn around, will stare at an empty staircase that I know somebody's standing there, but they will turn around and stare at the exact same point hold it for about 10 seconds, break off, and then go back to doing what they were doing. It's like, okay, you
0: you guys can stop doing that. You're you're freaking out your grandmother. She's not used to this. (laughs) And and the thing is, it it doesn't scare them. It's just like, like, well, actually, you're the same way, too. If we see something, it doesn't phase us. We look, we see it, it registers, and then you go on your way. It's not as if you're like, oh, my God, and you jump or run.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, she... That's that's just part of her normal existence. In fact, when she was two years old, uh, she was being buckled into a car seat for a play date, and she asked the uh, her friend's mother. She said, "Is Nigel coming with us?" <laughs> the mother looked at looked at uh, my granddaughter and went, "Who's Nigel?" And said, well, he lives with us. Hmm. And when my uh, when my wife came out, the the woman asked who's Nigel and my uh, my wife was like how did you hear that name she's like lyrics asking for Nigel it's like that's my stepson's spirit guide okay <laughs> <laughs> So evidently she was talking to Nigel in the house because he was living here at that time.
0: Well, a lot of younger kids can do that. And a a, a lot of us lose it as we get older. And then some of us don't. But a lot of little kids do that constantly. It's when your child's talking to their imaginary friend. You know, we kind of laugh and think about it. But a lot of times there really is someone there they're talking to. But the adults refuse to believe it.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, and... I think that I retained it simply because I had to because I saw that as a means of protecting myself in in the sick house that I was living in um you know, so for me it was it was a matter of of safety it was a matter of protection, so that's why I retained it uh, but you know, I think my granddaughter and my grandkids are going to be able to retain it simply because they are living in households that accept this kind of phenomena as being, as being legitimate. Uh, it, it, was, it was kind of funny. As, as I said, I'm a martial arts instructor. Uh, the first time that uh, my granddaughter came down to the school, she was, she was not even two years old. And it, it, this may be one of the creepiest things that I ever saw. I mean, I understood it, but everybody that saw it said, that's probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. She's she's running around the school in the area where my students aren't working, and one of my students was working with um, a wooden sword called a boken. It, it's not like the, the, the bamboo ones. It's an actual, like, wooden replica sword, okay? And he's practicing his cuts. And my granddaughter all of a sudden looked at him, and for whatever reason, she came running up to him, uh, stood right at his feet, and... Stuck out her hands like she, you know, give me the, the gimme kind of signal that little kids will do. Mm-hmm. Okay, So he looked at me, he's like, is it okay? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Let's let's see what happens. And, and she took it from him and held it in her hand for a second and then put it in his feet and ran back. And we're like, okay, well, that was weird. Uh, same thing happened again. He picked the sword up, started doing cuts, and she came running back and did the same thing. Third time, she took the sword from him, Walked a few steps over, placed the sword at her own feet. Now, like I said, remember, she's 20 months. She's still not even running really securely yet, right? Right. She put the sword at her own feet, snapped to attention, did an absolutely flawless, full full horizontal bow over the sword, snapped back to attention, and ran away. That's Interesting. <laughs> She, well, now what she did was she was, we finally figured out she was trying to get him to bow to the sword before he was using it. that that was a sign of respect, which is traditional out of Japanese systems. Oh, okay. But she could never have seen that because I don't even teach a Japanese system. So this was something that came out
0: of her own head. That's, that's, that could be like previous life or that could be someone you know with her. You never know because that previous life stuff too. Sometimes you know things that you really shouldn't know.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, and it was kind of funny because everybody that saw her do that said exactly that same thing. It's like, okay, that was not something that she just thought to do. That was something she's done a million times before um i i mean the the level of precision in it was so extreme that was not something that even if she had seen it she could have replicated this this was literally a flawless representation to the sword it was like okay that was that was just really creepy
0: yeah that so, well that past and, life stuff's amazing and you said at your your conference too you're going to have people doing the uh, the past life regressions too right
3: Yes, I have uh, I have a hypnotist coming in by the name of Greg Paxson who's going to be coming in. He's going to be doing a past life regression session with, uh, with everybody who comes to that particular seminar. The thing that, that's really exciting about what Greg does, now he can't do it in a single session, obviously, but what his specialty is is he will bring forward one of your past life talents. For example, if you were... Um, if you were an alpine skier in a previous life, by working through the hypnosis, he can bring back all of your skill as an alpine skier. Um, you know, he kind of laughs. He's like, a lot of times, what ends up happening is, you know, you can end up becoming a really skilled roof thatcher. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it's it's not exactly a a skill that is uh, convertible to any kind of use today, but. There are times that you know that he can bring forward musicianship or the, uh, or other types of skills. Um, you know, Does he actually
0: center. choose what comes forward, or is it just something that happens? That a skill that you had from a previous life.
3: Well, what they, once they are able to uh, hone in on skills that you had in a past life, then you're able to choose. At least that's my understanding of it. Then you're actually able to choose which skill that you want to bring forward, provided you don't have any. Any blockages uh, uh, between that time and this time, like you know, if if for what say you were a phenomenal witch in a previous existence, mm-hmm. but in one of your interim lives you got burned at the stake because of which witch, you, you may have some emotional blockage to bring that forward again well
0: that's what i said i go you know perhaps you were a uh you know ex-murderer and you were really really good at it (laughs) You, you, you certainly don't want him to bring that back
3: no no and so so yes you do have the you have the opportunity of of exploring the various past lives that you've had and then uh selecting which uh which of the skills that you may have uh, you may have developed in a past life to bring forward to this one.
0: Okay, cause that that could really blow up in his face if all of a sudden he brings back <laughs> Jack the Ripper.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, that that would that would not be pretty. And, and I <laughs> think I
0: think Jack might know uh, Jeff Mudgett too.
3: Yeah, I, I you know I I have that feeling that uh, that because of Jeff's uh, explorations into his great is his great or great grandfather. It's it's his great great
0: his great great grandfather.
3: Okay, yeah, into his great great grandfather's life that uh, that he might be hanging around to try and see. Okay, what mischief can he create next?
0: Uh huh. Well, Jeff's actually said that too. He says he can actually hear his great great grandfather saying bad things in his head. I'm like, I, oh, I'm like, oh great, and I'm going down to the basement with you. <laughs> Yay!
3: <laughs> <laughs> that does that does not surprise me a bit. I, I would think that his great great grandfather would have. A tremendously powerful um, energy, you know, be it, albeit negative. But you know that he would have an incredibly powerful, energetic uh, signature around himself.
0: And I, I might have to bring some sort of sacrifice. I actually asked Mike Clean if he wanted to come along, but I haven't convinced him yet. <laughs> but I was honest. I told him that I, you know, in case something bad happened, I wanted to give him to the spirit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, if if Mike craps out on you, uh, I, I'd be I'd be more than happy to come along as a bodyguard. I've yeah. done bodyguarding before as a yeah. as a martial arts instructor. Mike was I being was. quite a weenie
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would call it quite sensible, but you know that's just me. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, this whole ordeal, like I say, I keep thinking about that a lot lately too. Going down into that basement with Jeff is like really starting to make me a bit nervous.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I would think that a lot of praying beforehand
3: would, would be well in order for both of you. Exactly. Uh, you know, to, to try and make sure that as little influence of, of the negative can get through to you guys as, as a possible. I mean, just, you know, uh, <laughs> are you going to be bringing down smudge sticks and, and incense and stuff too that,
0: yeah, uh, holy water and everything okay. imaginable. Yeah, there you go,
3: holy water. I wind. thought
0: perhaps I was going to be taking a holy water shower before I went down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
3: Uh, as long as it's not in the narthex of a church, I, yeah. I can imagine that's okay. well, I actually
0: told Jeff, I go, even though you're like one of my best friends here, Jeff, I go, as soon as your eyes turn red or your head rotates, I go, I'm going to kill you. I go, I'm, I go nothing <laughs> nothing personal.
3: No, nothing personal, yeah. I'll... <laughs> Make sure you have extra spiky, uh, extra spiky steaks, you know.
0: Uh. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's <laughs> that should be. That's only coming up in like. Oh my gosh, that's like three weeks away too. Well, uh, uh, it, try and try and keep things together because the conference is after that. So. Uh, yeah, well, but, tell you what. This is all. I'm gonna have all my uh, camera equipment down there too. So say if something hypothetically does happen, incredibly disastrous, you know we all end up getting killed, it'll all be on video. That will be so cool. <laughs> what what a legacy to leave, huh? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, we can we can turn it into another multi-million dollar Blair Witch at that point.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it, it like Blair Witch, but actually good. You mean?
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. You want the film to be to be to have value and production value and stuff like that? I, yeah,
0: yes, I don't want to leave a crappy legacy. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he gave his life for. <laughs>
2: So, uh,
3: well, and and not only that, I mean, if if you have the opportunity, you might be able to yeah, actually present some of the stuff at the conference. Uh, I know you're under contract with WYCC or you know with one of the. Well, actually,
0: my stuff actually is mine, and I'm running my video equipment from uh, the day before till the end of that day, and that's actually property of me. So wow, I can well, I, I can do what I want with it.
3: So you know, like you say, you might have the opportunity at the paranormal conference if something really freaky does happen to to present it for the first time in public there.
0: Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I actually, I in you know, all, you know, you and I have talked for a while off air here, and you know, we're kind of the same person. I I really think something's going to be happening on this too. I am not sure what, but I got a hunch. This uh, this is going to be quite an experience. I, I've, yes, I've no doubt of that. I, I don't think you're going to come back to the same person, quite honestly, but. Oh, I yeah. hope I come back smarter. <laughs> <laughs>
3: by virtue of experience or by virtue of, uh, <laughs> intelligence
0: gathered? Yeah, I'll go with the experience one. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, okay, well, um. The, the, I I know of uh I know of some really good reputable doctors that can help put you back together again. And, yeah. um, Never worked so. for Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, you, we we hope that there's going to be enough to put you back together again. That's that's all we can do, so. Oh, uh, yeah. Um it, the 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 other thing too, uh, if people are are interested in in seeing who other than you and Mike and and whatever uh are going to be. Oh yeah, I'm going to um, be there
0: too by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Uh, if they actually want to see a listing of, of who all of the people that are going to be there, uh, we do have a, a website just it's real simple. It's just um, palosparanormal.com. dot com.
0: Oh there that's an easy.
3: Yes. palosparanormal.com. dot com. So yeah they can they can actually go there and get a list of all of the people that are going to be there, how they can reserve for tickets. Um, yeah, can the, you buy? Uh,
0: yeah, now that you mention that, can you get? Uh, do you buy tickets in advance or do you buy them at the door? How's all that the, work?
3: The well, the the uh, if they're just coming for the day, they can get that at the door. Uh, we do have a VIP uh, pass that gets them into the fair on both days. Gets them to the uh, the celebrities' uh, banquet that night at Hackney's restaurant, which is a really nice restaurant out here in Baylor. Am
0: I invited to that too? You betcha. You
3: betcha. <laughs> okay. you betcha uh and then as i said you can either go on the ghost hunt uh with uh one of the area uh, psychics at shanahan
0: or you can go on the the richard crow ghost tour um, yeah i've never been that. on the richard crow tour I mean I, my whole life i've been out here too it's one of those things i always wanted to do but never got to it well as
3: as you know rich rich passed away in april but his his
0: family is, is still operating the tours which so, is an absolute great thing i'm so glad they decided to do that
3: Oh, absolutely! I it, it's you know it, it's kind of an irony because we're like uh, uh, we're kind of looking to see if if Rich pops up over at Resurrection Cemetery oh, now. Exactly. I
0: actually don't know if you heard that in the show. I talked about that right after the day we were talking about Richard passing away, and I I kind of said it. You know, I'm like, how long is before we're going to see Richard out there? I go, you you, you watch. It's going to happen.
3: <laughs> well, I I actually I, I wrote an obituary for. Uh, for Intrepid Magazine for Rich that uh, that's going to be in the magazine coming up, uh-huh. and I was saying it, it won't be long before you see a lovely couple out on the dance floor of the Willowbrook Ballroom, Rich, uh, Rich dancing with this uh, with this lovely young willowy blonde <laughs> lady out on the dance floor, and then later on seeing them hitching uh, hitching a ride on Archer Avenue, yeah, both of them. <laughs> Yeah, both of them. Yes, and you know, our you, car broke down. It's going to be funny, is
0: you know we're kidding about this now. But I say I, I was talking with Mike Clean right after we, you know, when Richard passed away. Mm-hmm. It, years from now, you know, ten, twenty years from now, if the Earth hasn't exploded—that's another subject. Uh, there, there could be stories about Richard, like there is Resurrection Mary now. I just foresee that. I think down the line there's going to be Richard stories.
3: I, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all, and and in fact, one of the um, one of Rich's favorite ghosts, uh, Clarence Darrow, uh, was uh, which he saw occasionally over at the uh, the bridge over by the Museum of Science and Industry. Uh, his I, I believe it's his great grandson or his grandson is, uh, is we're, we're negotiating with him right now. Is possibly going to be one of the presenters because he's an area hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy by the name of Lee Darrow, who's, who's a phenomenal magician and and also a uh, and also a phenomenal uh, hypnotist. So, well,
0: that's interesting.
2: You know, that, it,
3: it, it's it, we... it's interesting because when you look at Lee and then you look at pictures of Clarence Darrow, uh-huh. it's like wow. There's no doubt in your mind that it's like okay, well, this is definitely the family line. They they have. They both have those very piercing, uh, deep-set eyes. So.
0: That's cool. You were actually friends with Richard, you said too, right? You and him were buddies.
3: Yeah, uh, we we knew each other for for twenty some odd years. In fact, his family uh, his family allowed me to be one of the cantors at his funeral. So that that was it was a really nice way of being able to say goodbye to a friend.
0: So. Yeah, that was an honor. And I say with Richard, you know, <laughs> you're gonna see him again. I got a hunch.
3: I, I have that feeling. I, I really really do. I uh, hopefully I, it's a good I,
0: way because Richard had a sense of humor too.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Richard was you know there there was nothing in life Richard liked better than a uh, better than a good meal and a good laugh. You know, oh my God, uh, you know, he was he was
0: definitely a person who lived life to its fullest. Absolutely. Hmm. So what else you got for us here, Tom? Any anything else you wanna hit on? Well, Why we got you here? One of the one of the other things that's going to be happening at the paranormal fair,
3: and and this may be something for the for the uh, the old time folks that, uh, and a lot of uh, probably a lot of new people aren't aren't even going to know what I'm talking about. I have an old time uh, spiritualist minister who's going to be coming out. Uh, he's an actual minister in the spiritualist religion, who's going to be doing a seminar on how to teach people to table tap table tap right where it's it's goes back to the origination of uh having spirits wrapping to you know one for yes and two for no to answer your question oh okay what they do is they will sit around a card table put their hands on the card table pray and then all of a sudden the table will tip up on on two legs and the table will actually tap out messages. Oh, that's cool. It, it's it's very interesting because there there are times that the spirit becomes so powerful the table starts moving around the room or actually starts floating. So uh, he, we're we're looking very very forward to, to seeing that because that's not something that that most of the people in
0: modern psychic phenomena have have had an opportunity to experience. So this is like a first-hand kind of conference. It's not something where you just go in there and listen to people lecture. I mean, they're actually oh, going to be it's know. interactive with the audience. You know, people walk up and they can do things.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. On the first floor, we're going to have vendors that are going to be doing readings and uh, going to be hawking their wares and such. And then in the uh, lower level, the, the all-purpose room is where we're actually going to be having all of the all of the uh, various types of presenters. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the way that I wanted it is I wanted to have as much of the public having personal experiences with it, not just sitting in chairs, because I, I've been to those types of things and
0: they get most boring. Of those are, oh,
3: yeah, you know, after the, after the first three presenters, it's like, oh, God, another one. Uh, this, this is actually going to be something where people are going to be actually physically experiencing it. I mean, that, the presentation that I'm doing, I'm going to be teaching people how to manipulate their chi energy with, with sound so that you can gain greater strength, you can move things with greater ease. Um, I, I mean, I've taught this to firemen who are pulling fire hose and using the sound technology to pull fire hose more easily and and get people out of burning buildings because they can pick them up more easily things
0: like that. Well, that's cool. So this is going so, to be this is going to be more like uh the fun fairs we used to go to when we were kids they used to have. <laughs> well that, that's what I'm picturing, you know, a big thing like that where it's interactive and you talk to everybody and there's different things you do rather than just like a conference.
3: Oh yes, it, it as I said it this is going to be I I am really excited. Uh
0: this is this is going to be very unique, uh, in in so far as paranormal conferences are concerned. It sounds like it's going to be a good time, and that's on October sixth and seventh. uh right, what's your uh, what's your website again? I know you hit it, it's but just, let's do it again. It's just paleasparanormal dot com. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, Tom, it it was a really really good time talking with you, and I will see you <laughs> unless something happens to me at the HH Holmes Murder Castle. <laughs> I will see you on October sixth. <laughs>
3: Very good, John. It's been a pleasure, and and I
0: hope to see you
3: and and lots of your listeners out there. Okay, take care now. Take care. Bye-bye
2: edgeonair.com wants to invite you to be abducted. Tune in Friday night starting at 10 p.m. for Thresholds Radio. Host John Stevenson is your guide through the realm of the paranormal with an hour-long radio show sure to give you the heebie-jeebies. Check out ufo-info.com to learn more. It's Thresholds Radio every Friday night at 10 p.m. on TheEdgeOnAir.com.
0: Welcome back to Thresholds Radio. With us right now is our good friend, Michael Clean. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: Hey, John. I'm doing pretty good. It's great to speak with you again.
0: Well, it's been a while. It's been, I believe, a month. We've kind of been on a little vacation here. I know you're in a little transition, and uh, I've been in a little transition, too. I kind of moved, but not your normal move. I moved from a traditional stick construction house to an RV, a little bit of a lifestyle change. uh, Yeah,
1: and you, it sounds great. I've always wanted to, to live mobile.
0: It's actually pretty cool. I actually I enjoy it quite a bit. And what's cool is I want to start traveling around the country to all the different uh, paranormal-related, UFO-related, strange places in general. And actually go there live and talk with people and record from there, which was going to be pretty cool. Well,
1: it kind of sounds like that movie Paul. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. That, that would be even cooler. That He was a pretty neat alien. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I would say, I mean, it was a long break, but it certainly wasn't a vacation. I've been working really hard down here in good old Charleston, Illinois, on a newspaper.
0: Yeah, you're, uh, you're let's say, you're Clark Kent now, right? You're Superman, in, but we were saying off air you can't find a phone booth to change into Superman or something? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'm I'm the Clark Kent character without any superpowers.
0: Oh, you're uh, actually... Right now I, I was going to say, you're actually... Uh, what was his name? The boss's name? The guy that was always a stroke with the cigars? Uh, I don't know. You don't know your Superman characters? Oh, who? Not at all. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I don't remember that. Now we're gonna get comments off air for that for sure. The boss, the, the the guy that ran the what was it? The Daily Planet, wasn't that the paper? I think so. <laughs> See, you don't know your Superman trivia, do you? I kind of put you on spot. <laughs>
1: No, I'm, I'm not a big superhero fan, actually.
0: Oh, I think it's James Jane Jameson's or something like that. You're not a superhero. If you're not a super fan hero? What's wrong with you? So I suppose you're not going to Comic-Con this weekend, then.
1: No, although I do have a friend that's going there to take pictures.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go there,
1: too. Huh? It sounds like fun. I mean, it's someplace I probably would want to go sometime. Yeah, I've been, but I wasn't a big comic book fan, either.
0: Well, I wasn't either, but I enjoy that kind of thing. Plus, there's just a lot of strange people. That's kind of a fun place to uh, go. Plus, especially being in uh, paranormal talk radio, it's ideal because you get to meet all these cool people there.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. What uh,
0: What's going on? You got a new top ten list. The first top ten list of <laughs> since we stopped broadcasting about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I've done a couple since then, and this one is the most latest. It's the top ten most haunted bridges in Illinois.
0: That's cool. Does that count under under bridges, too, like trolls and that kind of thing?
1: Well, sometimes you have to go through the bridges, but other times they're just kind of hanging out there. Oh, okay. And some of these might be familiar to your listeners, but a lot of them probably aren't. I, I have a lot of kind of obscure places on here, and so some of them are genuinely creepy.
0: You did one bridge thing already, didn't you? Wasn't there some bridge you gotta go through? What was it, a certain time or a certain time and it opens a portal to hell or something? Wasn't that you talking about that?
1: Yeah, that was that was the seven gates to hell and thanks for ruining the list for me. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Imagine
0: Well you already talked about that.
1: <laughs> I'm well, sorry. It's such a great location.
0: I never understood that one anyway, even back when you said that. It didn't make sense. So if you're successful, you well,
1: open a bridge, you open it, portal to hell.
0: Whoa, what a prize.
1: <laughs> well, maybe this time it'll make more sense.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't ruin your number one or something. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay, I'm, so, I'm so, I'll am i shut up now. Go ahead.
1: These, these remote rural bridges have long been a staple of local ghost lore. And there are places where the ghosts of long forgotten accidents still roam and phantom voices cry out from the water below. So here's some of these great places and you know, haunted bridges are always safe to visit when you're talking about the paranormal. It's you know, when you go to cemeteries you gotta be careful about what time you're there. Obviously, if you go to an abandoned building, there's always a risk you're going to get arrested for trespassing. But with a bridge, it's on a public roadway, you know, 99% of the time. So these are great places to go and investigate. So our number 10 on the list is the Old Train Bridge in Schuyler County, Illinois. This uh, isolated wooden bridge over the railroad tracks in rural Schuyler County is rumored to be the home of a phantom train. Locals claim that if you stand on the bridge at night, the bridge will begin to shake and you will hear a a train whistle, but no train will ever arrive. Another story, common to many rural railroad bridges, is that a bus filled with children plummeted off the bridge, killing all aboard. Now the ghosts of the children can be seen darting in and out of the nearby woods. Two men in particular heard the sound of children crying while they were exploring the area. So that's a common uh, myth at these bridges. It's um, an element of what are called crybaby bridges. And so several of the bridges on this list are going to talk about that, like a bus accident, or somehow children were killed on the bridge. Wasn't?
0: Didn't that really happen just recently? someone, Some kids were teenagers were on a bridge or something, and they turned their car off because of one of these legends, and they couldn't get it started and got killed by a train or something?
1: Yes, yes, I think that happened a couple months ago. I remember that.
0: So, there, so they'll talk well, about that years from now, and that one will have some credence to it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that this probably happened somewhere at some time but not at every single one of these bridges that that people say it happened at. Right. So number nine on the list is the 400th Avenue Bridge outside of New Holland, Illinois. I've actually been to this bridge, and it it is very creepy. Uh, The 400th Avenue Bridge crosses Sugar Creek just north of Pool Hill Cemetery, which is currently pretty much non-existent. If you go there today, there's just kind of an open space, and you might... See a couple of headstones on the ground, but otherwise it's like completely torn up. Now, according to local lore, the area is a supernatural hotspot and was the scene of a lynching in the distant past. Visitors occasionally hear whispering, talking, rattling chains, and screams as if the lynchings were being repeated over and over again. Even the nearby fields are not immune from this macabre auditory replay. Also, if you lay your hand on the tree where the hangings occurred, it is said that you will witness the events. Hmm. Today, not much remains of the cemetery that overlooks the bridge, and the tree has been cut down. Uh, If you want to pause it here for a second, my other phone is going off.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Number eight on our list is the Witch's Bridge outside of Clarksdale, Illinois. For many years, a small stone cabin with a long brick chimney stood along the road near a bridge not too far from Anderson Cemetery. That's uh, Cemetery X, for those who don't know.
0: Graveyard X It was rumored.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Graveyard X, Cemetery X, whatever. It was rumored to be guarded by a zombie dog and to be the home of a family of murdering thieves.
0: <laughs> a zombie <According> dog? <laughs> to,
1: yeah. According to local paranormal investigator Larry Wilson, supposedly a man his wife and children lived in the cabin legend is that the man killed his family then hung himself on the bridge nearby it was rumored that if he went into the back room of the cabin no matter how cold it was it would become very warm others have said that a girl or witch was hung from the steel bridge past the cabin spook lights are sometimes seen floating around the creek under the bridge the cabin has since been relocated to Rochester, Illinois, near a city park.
0: Mm, that's interesting.
1: Uh, number seven on our list is the Love Ford Bridge by Foulmouth, Illinois. It's a little bit south of me. Uh, the area around Love Ford Bridge is home to several notorious places, not the least of which is Happy Holler, a bar and sound stage popular with bikers, truckers, and hunters. <laughs> Just across the road, at the top of the hill, Uh, sits Higgins, or it's also known as Coburn, Cemetery. Strange lights and sounds have been encountered near the cemetery, and it is rumored to be the site of animal sacrifice and devil worship. Loveford Bridge is believed to be haunted by the ghost of an an inebriated young man who jumped into the Embara River and drowned. One eyewitness who spoke to authors Chad Lewis and Terry Fisk. Claimed that he heard the sound of splashing and laughing coming from the river near the bridge. Thinking this was strange because of the cold weather, he went to investigate and saw several ghostly figures floating in the water. <laughs> now, number six on our list is one of my favorites, Lakey's Creek Bridge. This is outside of McLeansboro, Illinois. Now, The Headless Horseman of Lakey's Creek is quite possibly one of the oldest ghost stories in Illinois. And long before a concrete bridge spanned the shallow creek, 1.5 miles east of McLeanboro, a frontiersman named Lakey attempted to erect a log cabin near the ford along the wagon trail to Mount Vernon. One morning, a lone traveler stumbled upon Lakey's body. Lakey's head had been severed by his own axe, <laughs> which was left at the scene.
0: That's not funny. <laughs>
1: Well, not that he cut his own head off, uh, but somebody used his axe. Oh, to do okay. That.
0: I thought you meant he cut his own head off with his axe. I'm like, there's a <laughs> that's a trick.
1: Well, according to legend, <laughs> his murderer was never found. For decades after the murder, travelers reported being chased by headless horsemen that rode out of the woods along Lake East Creek. Now this is a quote from uh, the folklore of this you know, the folklore of the place. Always a rider on a large black horse joined travelers approaching the stream from the east, and always on the downstream side. Each time, and just before reaching the center of the creek, the mist-like figure would turn downstream and disappear. Now, this Headless Horseman story is quite old, and he hasn't been seen in a long time. Now, number five is one of my personal favorites, Airtight Bridge in Coles County, Illinois. It was designed by Claude L. James and built in 1914. This bridge spans the narrow Embraer River in rural Coles County and was long known as a drinking spot and a hangout for rough characters. That all changed on the pleasant Sunday morning of October 19, 1980. According to newspaper reports, two men from rural Urbana spotted the body of a nude woman about 50 feet from the bridge as they drove past. The body was missing its head, hands, and feet. After an extensive murder investigation, no killer was ever located, and the identity of the victim remained a mystery for years. Ever since then, an aura of mystery has surrounded the bridge. Locals say it earned the name airtight because of the unnatural stillness encountered while crossing it, or because early automobiles would stall on the steep hill leading to the bridge uh, because there was more air than gas in their fuel tanks. So those are two possible explanations.
0: (laughs) Or just imagination, too.
1: Yeah. Now, number four on the list is a crybaby bridge, as I mentioned earlier. This one is outside of Monmouth, Illinois. And this this crybaby bridge is a common folklore motif in the Midwest. And although the bridges may be different, their stories are very similar. One concerns a young mother who drowns her unwanted child in the river under the bridge, and the infant's cries can still be heard. Another common story is that a bus or van full of children drove off of the bridge, killing everyone inside. Now, if you put your car in neutral while on the bridge, invisible hands will push you safely to the other side. Both of these legends are associated with a steel, graffiti-covered bridge in the rural uh, Warren County. One tale in particular to this location involves a speeding car full of impetuous youths who struck and killed a fisherman as he cast a line into the creek. Additionally, several people have claimed to hear a baby crying near this bridge. Just as a a side note, I I recently watched My Cousin Vinny again, (laughs) and reading reading that word reminded me of that scene where he says uh, the two youths. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So number three on our list is Axeman's Bridge outside of Crete, Illinois. I never actually got to see this bridge when it was uh, operational, you know, when it actually was upright. By the time I got there, it had collapsed. So there's nothing unusual about the concrete bridge over Plum Creek along Old Post Road. In the woods to the northeast, however... Since a rickety steel bridge currently collapsed into the water, it is tagged with graffiti. For years, local teens imagined that this was the scene of a gruesome axe murderer. Some have said the axe or uh, killed a group of kids he caught trespassing on his property. Others tied the tale to an abandoned house nearby, claiming that the man had chopped up his family and then murdered two police officers who came to investigate <laughs> When backup arrived, they chased the old man to the old bridge where they shot him dead. Today, there are still the remains of the house scattered in the woods. I never actually found the foundation because it had snowed, and it was it was hard to see the forest floor. And
0: where's that one at, you said?
1: That's over by Crete, Illinois. It's almost at the Indiana border. Oh, okay. Just south of Chicago. Now, this, this uh, number two is the Bridges of Bloods Point. Uh, this is in Cherry Valley, Illinois. We've talked about this one, too. A cornucopia of urban legends have attached themselves to this hair-raisingly named rural avenue, its neighboring bridges, and the cemetery of the same name. Along the road, visitors have reported seeing phantom vehicles and a dog with glowing red eyes. According to legend, the railroad bridge was the scene of a deadly school bus accident, as well as more than one hanging. These hangings have also been attributed to an older wooden bridge along nearby Sweeney Road. In one gruesome story, a van full of children coming back from a birthday party spun out of control and plummeted off the side of the bridge. The driver, who was wearing a clown suit, <laughs> can still sometimes be, be seen clawing his way back out of the road. It's wearing a
0: clown suit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that just makes it even creepier. Oh, Yes. <laughs> The cemetery at the end of the road is said to be visited by a wide variety of phenomenon, from orbs to, phantom, to a phantom dog to a vanishing barn. To a, a phantom clown, the right? <laughs> well, the clown is on the road. He, he doesn't go into the cemetery. Oh, okay. I mean, come on, come on, John. Let's get, <laughs> let's get real. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so Blood's Point was named after Arthur Blood, the first white settler of the township that it's in. So it's not like it was named because of some massacre or something. Now, we've gone through the list from 10 to 2. I
0: think I know what the number 1 is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, John, why don't you tell us what
0: number 1 is? I'm sorry, I think I ruined it for you. (laughs) Something about seven bridges to hell or something like that, or...
1: You got and it. You, the number one. And you,
0: the, 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 yeah, and the motor. big prize is you go to hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Seven Gates to Hell in Collinsville. Huh. On or around Lebanon Road are seven railroad bridges, some no longer in use. All of them are heavily coated in graffiti, a testament to their popularity for nighttime excursions. Local visitors have crafted a hellish tale around these seven bridges, which they have dubbed the Seven Gates to Hell. The legend is that if someone were to drive through all seven bridges and enter the last one exactly at midnight, he or she would be transported to hell. In some versions, the person entering the final tunnel must be a skeptic, like like someone I know. In in other versions, no tunnel can be uh, driven through twice in order for the magic to work. Like Cuba Road in Barrington, an abandoned property near Lebanon Road has given rise to rumors of a death house, a closed road or a driveway is alleged to lead to an old house in which a family was murdered. Moreover, a group of Satanists are said to sacrifice animals and children at the location. You know. If, so there you have it, the any, top ten most haunted bridges. If any
0: of our listeners have actually gone through these seven bridges and has gone to hell, please contact <sighs> us because we'll put you on the air because we'd love to talk to you, but you have to go through all seven <sighs> and have been to hell.
1: Have you ever been to any of these bridges?
0: Uh, no. I'm, I'm not much on bridges.
1: <laughs> oh, they can be interesting. You know, it's it's nice to go to a haunted place that's something other than a cemetery. Well, you know,
0: maybe, uh, Mike, we, we, can, we can go on an RV haunted bridge tour. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would be concerned about whether some of these would carry the weight of an RV.
0: Yeah, that's like, uh, oh my gosh, what a time to draw a blank. That cemetery, uh, Auxiliary Sable Cemetery. I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh, yeah. You crossed that bridge. Yeah, I've
1: been there a couple times. You crossed
0: that bridge growing to that. The first time I went there, I've got a big car, a heavy car. And we got out and looked at that bridge, and I'm like, I don't even know if we should cross this in the car. Yeah.
1: That's a really cool cemetery.
0: Yeah, I've got some really good pictures from there. Nothing paranormal, just some really good pictures there because it's such a cool-looking cemetery.
1: Yeah. I I know it's heavily patrolled by police, though. They don't want any... I mean, obviously, you can go during the day, you know, but they don't want anyone in there at night.
0: Well, that's a most admire. I went there. I've been there two times, I think, and I've been there all through the day both times, but it's a cool cemetery. And we did get some pretty bizarre EVT, EVPs there, too. They actually haven't quite been able to explain yet.
1: What
0: were they of? Uh, it was kind of a... It was, it's a long story, but I got an EVP... Played it back, and I was talking to my one friend I went there with, and it it said something like, my shoes. Where are my shoes? Something like that. And we're listening to that, and we're like, what in heaven's name does that mean? And I'm like, this has got to be crazy. And then my friend, Rachel, she did some research. And I don't want to go into the whole story, but ended up that a young mother had died. She collected shoes, and her nickname that her husband called her was Shoes like freaked us out once we saw that because we heard this EVP before we knew anything about this story so it was yeah i had
1: i had heard that there was a ghost child there
0: yeah i heard that too and
1: maybe that had something to do with
0: it well, i don't know the ghost child supposedly by the gate and it forms mist or something in front of the gate and keeps you from leaving but we didn't have that happen but that thing with the shoes yeah. kind of freaked us out because uh we had no idea about this story and yet I get an EVP that talks about shoes, which we're laughing about. We're like, what? This doesn't make sense. And then after reading that story in the local newspaper, it's like, oh, my God. What, you know, what are the odds of that?
1: Yeah. So Interesting.
0: So anything else going on with you in the middle of Bufu land trying to sell newspapers?
1: <laughs> well, nothing here, but uh, on October 6th, that's a Saturday, Pretty much all day, starting at 10 a.m. There's going to be a Pilos Park Paranormal Conference, and then afterwards there's kind of like a meet and greet dinner that I'm going to be at. So that's going to be really fun.
0: Don't you have something else coming up sooner too? Isn't there something you're going to? I don't I don't know. I've,
1: I've got a couple of other events, but uh, I've been so focused lately on this newspaper that I kind of they're kind of gone from the top of my head.
0: So if all our listeners want to help, Mike. Which he really needs right now. Go out to Bufu Land, Illinois, wherever he's at, and buy one of his little papers. What's the name of your paper, Mike?
1: Uh, Disclosure Heartland.
0: And they got to go where to? And yes, if, where can you buy it at?
1: Well, if you live in east-central Illinois, we've got a couple vendors in Charleston, some in Paris, and some in Oakland. you got some in, uh, looking, got some in you know, Paris?
0: <laughs> you got an international newspaper?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, Paris, Illinois. Oh, okay. The, the jewel of East Central Illinois. Okay.
0: <laughs> so nothing else is going on with you then. I take it, huh?
1: No, nope, that is that is it. But uh, it's been nice being on with you again. I hope we can get, you know, get things going again. And we
0: got to get the paranormal news going again. We actually only did that a few weeks, and then uh, our lives kind of fell apart. Uh, individually yeah. there for a while, but uh, we actually had some feedback, and then people enjoyed the paranormal news. So we got to start that again uh, within another week or so, if we can.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll uh, I'll talk to
0: you then. <laughs> you sound just so thrilled, Mike. I'm I'm just glad to see <laughs> how uh, excited you are to be back on the show. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I don't do well very uh, in the summer. I get get kind of I shut down a little
0: bit. Let's see, should I edit this or I should let people hear the real Michael Clean? (laughs) Okay, Mike, well, I'm going to let you go, and you have a great day there. Okay, you
2: too com wants to invite you to be abducted. Tune in Friday night starting at 10 p.m. for Thresholds Radio. Host John Stevenson is your guide through the realm of the paranormal with an hour-long radio show sure to give you the heebie-jeebies. Check out ufo-info.com to learn more. It's Thresholds Radio every Friday night at 10 p.m. on TheEdgeOnAir.com.